This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right? It's your good friend Bob Cook, and you and I are back together again looking at the Word of God. Hallelujah for that. I'm so glad, aren't you, that we have God's blessed, inerrant, inspired, infallible, eternal Word. Uh, to which we can look, to the law and to the testimony, said Isaiah, for if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So you and I remember that the Bible tells us faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're looking at Ephesians, you and I, and um, we're down to verse 4, according as he hath chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, he hath chosen us in him. That word chosen actually means pick out. Pick out. Uh, I have boyhood memories of, of uh, choosing upsides. And um, I was usually the last one to be chosen because I was a poor ball player uh, and uh, not all that well coordinated. Uh, machinery I identify with, but, uh, but sports I just never, never really excelled at, and they would pick me last. And uh, I, I still remember the sad comment that someone made. As he looked at me, I was the last one to be picked, and he said, well... I guess I'm stuck with you, Cook. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, chosen. Now, you're, God isn't stuck with you. He picked you out because he wanted you. He wanted you to be part of his family, predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. He wanted you. He wanted you. Mel Larson was my one of my best friends. Uh, while he lived, he's been with the Lord now for a good many years, but... He worked with us in Youth for Christ and was editor of the, of the Youth for Christ magazine for some years before he moved on up to Minneapolis and edited the Evangelical Free Church Beacon, and then he went to heaven from Minneapolis. But uh, he and uh, Carol and his wife had two children, both of them adopted. Now, I was having coffee with Mel one day, and I said, Mel, how do you handle the uh, question of letting your children know that they are adopted children. Oh, he said that 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 was a very simple matter. He said we uh, we told uh, Jimmy and uh, Susie we told them that uh, that other people have the children that are born to them, but we had the privilege of picking them out because we especially wanted them. It would seem to me, beloved, that God looks at you and at me who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and made him by faith our Lord and Savior. He looks at us and he says, I picked you out. I picked you out because I wanted you. You're special. Has it ever occurred to you, beloved, that you are special to God? Well, you are. 
1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That actually means you're, you're, you're his concern. He's got you on his mind. You are special to God. And he wants you to come to him. The Bible said, Ye who are the Lord's remembrancers, give him no rest until he establish peace in Zion. God likes to have you remind him of his promises. He knows them, of course, because he made them. And he'll keep them. He's faithful. He's the, he's the covenant-keeping God, the Bible says of him. He, so he knows what he said, but he likes to have you remind him, just as any parent or grandparent relishes the thought of a little child coming and say, You promised me. And of course, you're going to keep that promise. You wouldn't let anything stand in the way. You, beloved, are special to God. Well, somebody's saying just now, well, Brother Cookett, I don't feel very special. Look what's happening to me. Look what's happening to my job. Look what's happening to my health. Look what's happening to my family. Look what's happening to, to all the circumstances around me. I don't feel very special. Well, remember what the Savior said, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. God doesn't pay all his bills on Tuesday, and God doesn't always explain to you what he's doing. As a little boy, I used to say to my father when he gave some kind of a command, why? And he would look at me and say sternly, generally, because I said so, boy. <laughs> and that was enough. Now for this, uh, this younger generation, that may not be enough. I don't know, but it was enough for me. And uh, uh, of course, it's pretty biblical. The Bible said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. That was one of the first verses I learned. And and I was aware of the fact that God is on the side of parents. So uh, God, our heavenly Father, doesn't always explain to us what he's doing. And sometimes in response to our queries, he may uh, be saying, just do it because I said so. Yeah. Well, and you may be scared at the time. You may be scared at the time. I read a story in Guidepost magazine yesterday about someone who was uh, was actually praying about about uh, approaching the boss on a matter and was uh, was just afraid to do it. And then, uh, just at that point, uh, there came uh, the uh, famous uh, earthquake which recently happened in California, and this uh, ancient. A five-story brick building was rocking on its foundations. The lights went out. Dust and debris were everywhere. And so it was a question not of using the old creaky elevator because that didn't work now. They had to go down the stairway, which was in itself a hazardous place. And in the darkness. And uh, so this person came to the stairway. The first step was before her. And uh, she just, she froze. She, she couldn't, she couldn't take another step for fear. And someone behind her said, go ahead, take the first step. And she said, I can't, I'm scared. And the person behind her said, well, do it scared then, but do it. And so step by scared step, uh, she found her way down to uh, solid ground. Do it scared, but do it. See, God does care about you. You are special to him. He has picked you out, had chosen you, it says, in Christ. 
before the foundation of the world, before God ever did any creation, he had you in mind. That just boggles one's mind, doesn't it? Before God ever did any of the creation, he had you in mind, and he chose you. And, of course, the inevitable question is why, if that's so, Brother Cook, why did he choose me instead of somebody else? And the answer I have to give you is I don't know. Except that God has a right to make his plans based on his infinite foreknowledge. All of the past, present, and future is, is, is immediately apparent to the God who knows it all. And so he has the right to make his plans based upon what he knows you and I are going to do. And God looked down the centuries and the millennia of years and saw that you, my beloved friend, were going to say yes to his gentle offer of salvation. And he said, I'll choose him. I'll choose her. Chosen us in him. Thank you, Jesus, for being the one through whom we have been picked out to become members of God's wonderful family. Then he said, uh, before the foundation of the world, that word foundation is an interesting word made up of two, two words, a little prefix, kata, which means across or out, and the verb balo, which means to throw, or uh, in some cases to lay down. Here's a word picture for you. God was establishing the universe. He just threw the stars out here and there, you know. <laughs> Can you see that infinite hand of power throwing out the galaxies across the limitless expanse of space? And then he comes to the, the world and he puts it in place before the foundation of the world. He puts the world in place and he tilts the axis of the earth exactly as it ought to be so that the seasons alternate in their proper order. And uh, he sets it spinning. Then he goes on with the work of creation. All the while, beloved, having you in mind. Before he, he laid out the universe, or, or threw out. Threw out. The verb balo means to throw in its, in its basic sense. <laughs> he threw the, the, the galaxies and the stars out here and there and placed them with his infinite precision so that the clock of the universe goes on uh, never varying uh, a fraction of a second. We set our atomic clocks by God's clock, don't we? Yeah. You were in his mind before he ever began the work of creation. Now he said he chose us that we should be holy and without blame. Holiness has to do with your inner character and your relationship with God. Without blame has to do with your relationship with people. And both of them are based upon the Calvary love of God, holy and without blame before him in love. Greek word agape, Calvary love, John 3.16 kind of love. Now what is it that God wanted? What was he thinking about even before he started creating our world? He had you in mind, right? Because you're special to him. And he knew what you were going to do when you heard the gospel, and so he chose you. Now what does he want of you? Well, the first thing is he wants you to be holy. Not useful, primarily. 
not admired or admirable, primarily, not beautiful. No, that isn't the first thing. All of these things come along. Let the beauty of the Lord our God to be upon us, Moses prayed. So a beautiful life, is. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, and you can pray for it just as Moses did. Uh, useful in your work, successful in your work, nothing wrong with wanting that. Moses prayed for that. Establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. But what God wanted primarily was that you be holy. Why? Because that is his number one attribute. Be ye holy, for I am holy, is the statement attributed to Almighty God as he looks at you and at me. Be ye holy, as I am holy. Now that's the function of the Holy Spirit. When he comes in, as you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he comes to dwell in your, your life, does he not? And when he comes to dwell, he reduplicates the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ in you. He witnesses to the reality of Christ, and he produces what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit, which makes you a holy individual. And everything you say and do is a byproduct, then, of that relationship you sustain with Almighty God. We'll get at this the next time we get together. Dear Father, today may we be holy people as thy word and thy spirit work within us. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.